Alright, take two. Ladies and gentlemen, what's up? This is the Common Chaos Podcast. I am your host, Brian Kern, as usual. Uh, back at you with another episode, baby. It's December 30th. We've got one more day before the end of the year, before 2019, before this treacherous... Fuck, that's not even a word. Before this horrible year. Uh, I'm coming off of a little bit of a high because I just got done interviewing George Von Doom. Uh, for about two hours, I was able to sit down with the man himself, uh, the mind behind uh, G-Bully, George Von Doom, uh, the man behind the Austin Hip Hop Awards. I got to sit down with him and pick his brain about his life, his projects, what he's working on currently, uh, and what he's doing to make this his uh, make this life his bitch, you know? And sometimes it's speaking truth, sometimes it's making hip hop music, sometimes it's it's receiving death threats because you have pride and integrity in your work but he 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 takes it all in stride and he fucking bounces back like a bad motherfucker um you know hey there's not really much to say about it we're gonna we talk about 2019 a little bit we talk about some artists we talk we geek out over griselda who uh me and matt uh, who's recently on the show also talked about they're definitely probably one of the best artists of the last the best groups in the hip-hop scene over the last uh, five years I'd say along with uh, the underachievers Flatbush the last decade better half of the decade um, has been predominantly dominated by some East Coast hip-hop we talk about that uh, we talk about the Austin hip-hop scene most importantly um, you know, if any of you that are listening that are new to this show, that are new to to me, uh, I've been involved in the entertainment world of Austin since I moved out here back in 2016, done several different shows, uh, worked with Austin Live and Local, have had Common Chaos since I've been out here. Uh, so I've been involved with, with uh, you know, at least some aspect of the, of the music and uh, entertainment industry here in Austin. Uh, and you know, I, I had the opportunity of working with George in the past, George Von Doom in the past, and uh, seeing how he works and seeing how he uh, how he accomplishes his tasks and and what he set sets forth to do. Uh, I wanted him to be able to talk about that. I wanted him to be able to highlight that and highlight who he is. Um, you know, Austin as a whole gets represented very weirdly, very. Um, unconventional in ways and you wouldn't expect that it's ironic because it's the live music capital of the world but I think people hear that and they automatically think that it's like this unsinkable ship or this you know perfect land of opportunity and 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 camaraderie and and you know this facade of this like perfectly intertwined working industry where everybody can benefit and everybody no it is not like that I don't think any industry is like that and me and me and Von Doom get into that I don't think any system is like that to be honest we also discuss that uh, and we discuss how that directly plays out here in Austin uh, and how it's affected him how it's affected the awards that he does every year how it's affected uh you know a certain culture I guess of of the of the community out here and uh and its impact and i think if there's anybody that that has a, a voice that could be uh, listened to at least you know and uh and respected it's von doom you know and he does a very good job at at uh at representing himself and his brand his image his ideas and all that um 
his show i'm really excited for it's this weekend uh if you guys get the chance it's at the vulcan gas company so if you're in the austin texas area the vulcan gas company is downtown uh this saturday january 4th from 9 a.m to 2 p or from i'm sorry 9 p.m to 2 a.m the 10th annual austin hip-hop awards uh are going to be held again it's at the vulcan gas company i'm going to give it a slight read so just bear with me real quick It is on 418th East 6th Street, uh, and that is at the Vulcan Gas Company. Uh, there are going to be performances by Sill, Ben Buck, Blacklight, Big Tree, Droid, uh, Needle the Blindsider, Moana Tella. There's going to be a DJ, uh, DJ D-Best is playing as well as DJ Crash. I think they're, I don't know if it's a back-to-back or what they're doing, but they're both performing there. Uh, there's going to be a red carpet host. That's going to be Monique Barsh. She's going to be there interviewing and uh, taking some, getting some content from the red carpet, interviewing all the attendees and talking to the, to the nominees. Um, Anastasia is doing a special performance. Uh, yeah, this is, this is a big deal in terms of the hip hop world here in Austin. Uh, and I think that it should be noted. It's the 10 year anniversary. You know, that's a, there's legacy to that. There's history to that. There's, there's substance there. And this show and the message behind the show is going to, I think, elevate uh, all those involved, all those that are going to attend. Uh, it's really going to shed a light on what is what the future of the community here, the hip hop community, anyways, is about. And I think, uh, I think they're on the right path. So, if you guys are aren't doing anything this Saturday, I definitely recommend going to the event. We'll be there. I'll be there. You can come say what's up. You can come talk some shit. Uh, we'll talk about your favorite artists of the year. We'll talk about your favorite songs, your favorite albums, your favorite bullshit that happened. Um, yeah, what do we got? We're coming up on the end of the year, people. Um, I think we're just going to be fucking raging. I'm going to do another episode here. Uh, talk about uh, my 2019, my reflection, my little send-off. And then we're going into to January. Uh, I've got Alex Strenger coming on the show. I have Trent Knox coming on the show. Um, I have, yeah... Got some stuff coming your way, guys. Got a lot going on. Right now, you can head on over to commonchaos.net. I mentioned this during the show, so I'll keep this short, or uh, during the interview, so I'll keep this portion short. But you can go over to commonchaos.net right now and sign up for my email list and get free merch. That's right. You can get a free t-shirt and free stickers uh, if you sign up for my email list. The first 50 people that sign up for it get rewarded with that. Uh, I'm not going to spam you. I'm just going to let you know when episodes are coming out, and I'm just going to let you know when stuff's going on. It won't be often. Uh, and it'll be a great way for you to stay connected with me and for you to stay engaged because your guys' engagement and your guys' feedback is what propels the show and, what's keep it, and what keeps it going. So I appreciate that. CommonChaos.net for all your Common Chaos needs and all your episodes. Episode 51, baby, or 52 now. We're trucking along um i am at of brian of death on instagram of brian of brian of death on twitter uh brian kern on facebook of course and uh at the common chaos on everything twitter instagram facebook i think that's it uh ladies and gentlemen george von doom uh and his presentation of himself and the austin hip-hop awards thank you very much i assure you that I hit record and we're recording, so that's where we're at right now. I'm in studio in my house, as always, with George Von Doom. How are you doing, man? 
I'm good, man. Just living life, you know, trying to excel, progress, and elevate every day. Just better than the next, or better than the one before, excuse me. No, no. It's uh, beautifully said, and I think that that's something, if, if anybody's has a message that they get from this show, that's one of it, that's one of them, for sure. And I think that there's also a uh, something to be said about why you're here and what we're talking about and, and where that fits in. Um, and how it's, oh, did we get a spill? You're good, you're good. That's what's awesome about this, you're fine. And we're back, we had a spill, but we're good. We're good. Uh, you're here because you're talking about yourself, your, your career thus far, and your uh, creation, the Austin Hip Hop Awards. Uh, I wanted you on here because you're hosting that event this Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, December, 2nd, December 4th. December 4th, uh, January 4th. You're January 4th, yeah, that's right. We're in December right now, currently. January 4th, a uh, great way to kick off the, the, the new year, 2020, uh, the Roaring Twenties. So uh, sum that up. What do you got going on this, this Saturday and what's happening? We're going we're gonna to kick off the Roaring Twenties as, a, as we're back in the Roaring Twenties in a, in, a, in, a, in a certain way. We're not going to do a 20s theme but we're going to bring back that 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 vibe of wearing a suit everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, my suit is getting tailored as we speak for the event because we got to we got to we got to hold hip hop at a higher standard, man. Like hip hop is held like at the bottom of the barrel as a standard for for music. Like anybody can rap, anybody can get almost anybody can get a record deal. You know what I'm saying? You don't even really have to be talented anymore. People don't focus on the talent of music, of hip-hop music. I think we, we, we're going to delve into getting it back on track, especially with, with this show, the way that I put it together. Um, we wanted to showcase the, the, the talented side of hip-hop and not the popularity side of hip-hop because there's definitely a difference. Numbers does not dictate who's talented and who's not talented. For instance, Ice J.J. Fish has hundreds of millions of views. Is he a better singer than a Beyonce? Or even put it on a local level. Is Ice J.J. Fish a better singer than Kiki Starr or a uh, Stacey Russell? No. No. But he has more views because he's popular, because he does stupid shit. You know what I'm saying? We're about to continue to showcase the magnitudes of talent that is in this city starting on January 4th for the Austin Hip Hop Awards is what we're going to do. Very cool, man. And that's uh, very powerful because I know that going into uh, this the 10th year, it's a big, it's a, it's a, it's a big moment in the legacy of, of the Austin Hip Hop Awards and um, having a little bit of insight on, on the workings of it, you know, with connecting with you for the committee and, and just kind of picking your brain about the process and the difficulties that go into it mm-hmm. to have the underlining message and the, the, the purpose of it to be this like highlight of what, what you believe Austin hip hop should be. And, you know, before we went on, we were talking about how there's kind of this back and forth. What, what's, is it everybody's who who really deserves the recognition that they're getting and why do they deserve it and you hope to represent that properly with with the nominations you have you have like what 22 awards going out that's a fact and you know you've you've been doing this for 10 years so 
I feel that you're 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 coming to this culmination of what you're summing up Austin hip hop on such a grand grand level, and to have that be the message, to have the message be, hey, we're we're just we're here to show everybody that there is real talent and there is stardom here, mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of being discovered. What are some what are some obstacles to that that you're facing when it comes to having that message be delivered transparent, having it be delivered how you want it to be delivered, having everybody receive it how you want them to receive it. Yeah, the main obstacle is people believing that I'm being biased in the situation. Okay. This process is the most non-biased of any award show that you can find from my behalf because of the simple fact that if one, if you're part of the committee, you can't even be nominated, let alone win an award. I get nominated every year. Literally, I get nominated every single year. You've never seen my name on the ballot. Um, it's a few people in my past life. I used to do some unsavory things in this world and, you know, things I'm not proud of. There's people I've gotten into it with physically. There's people I've gotten into it with as far as... Uh, Weapons being involved, and they've been nominated for an award. So don't come at me with the biased speech because you don't understand the uh, inner workings. The inner workings of it. Yeah, it's it's a lot that goes into it, man. Like we don't. I ain't gonna say we. I'm I'm gonna just speak for myself. I won't speak on anybody that's in the community in, in the committee or anything like that. But me, I don't just get up one day and say, "All right, I'm gonna do the award show next month." The nomination and the voting process alone takes 30 days apiece. So that's two months in planning that goes into that alone. Pardon me. Uh, getting the venue takes time. Because everybody don't. Not only does the, the everyone don't like, uh, everyone doesn't like uh, hip-hop in their venue, but even with that being said, I don't want the award show to just be at any old venue. You know what I'm saying? Like, if y'all have a hip-hop show there, all right, cool. But for this, that I'm treating as something that's upscale, elegant, slash raw, street, we got to have something that is the same, something that looks as good enough to where you can have an event. during. Say you have an event during South by Southwest and... Uh, a company like, uh, like for instance, at the, the place that it is now, South by Southwest has had people like the Discovery Channel, um, Grammy parties, and a few other things that they've had at the actual venue. If they can have that there, they can have the the, the hip hop awards there. The location is the location is key. It is the Vulcan it, Gas Company, correct? The Vulcan Gas Company. Vulcan Gas Company. It has a little bit of a legacy in Austin. It's been around for quite some time, and it does host those events. It's it's a place of note, definitely during the South Bys and the ACLs. Anytime that there's bigger tours that come through, Vulcan generally gets hit with you know a lot of the after effect of that. Um, what about yourself? I feel that you have this this message you're trying to send and this the, these highlights you're trying to bring out, uh, and I think it comes from your work. And and your longevity in hip hop. So can you go through that a little bit? Introduce yourself to the people and 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 where you are now and how you got here. Well, to be to be a hundred percent, man. Um, 
the first first the first group in Austin that that I saw when I when I moved here because I'm originally from Maryland. When did you move out here? I moved here in 2003, two, no, 2002. 2002 cuz I went to jail in 2003. Um the first group I ever saw was Basswood Lane and Big Tex and it was opening for Big Mo. Just tell you how long ago that was. It was opening up for Big Mo. Rest in peace. And I was like, these dudes is talented as hell. Like, but I didn't know they was from here. Here, I just seen them there, and then I knew I knew Tex was from here because I I stayed across the, across the hall from his mom. We stayed in the projects. We stayed across across the hall from his mom or whatever. But the other dudes I didn't know were from here, and I started researching. This is gonna come full circle, by the way. You can. Um, I started researching everything and looking up as much as possible different artists because at the time although we had internet it wasn't what it is today right you know people was this is pre-iphone 2002 2003 facts like this is there's no there's really the smartest phone that was out at the time was probably a palm or a blackberry yeah you know what i'm saying this is motorola razor sidekicks sidekicks integrated yeah had integrated myspace on it and stuff sidekicks you had just started getting to get your email on your phone yeah people was people was literally searching black uh black space and uh or was it black planet and myspace you had to be you had to be on the internet and you had to know the workings of the internet you had to understand how to go to forums how to integrate yourself into chat rooms exactly uh, yeah, you had exactly. to, and that's how you got around, and that's how you got. Uh, if you didn't have support in those rooms, which nowadays it's easy to promote on social media and easy to just hit a share button, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're promoting to do promotion back in the days on those forums. It, it, it was tough. Lot. It was. It took a lot. And it, and side note, quiet is kept. Back then, they was teaching us uh, what's that uh, coding and shit on yeah. uh, on MySpace was teaching us coding the and backgrounds then, and shit. Yeah, and Facebook came along and said, "Nah, we gonna Dang. get rid of all that shit. Like, nah, we can't be teaching them to get, can't be teaching them the game." Censorship. <laughs> but um, I I just researched and found a lot of people around the city that it, I said, "Yo, it's actually a scene here where I can actually you know enjoy." Hip hop and go see shows and actually eventually do this. Um, as far as the city is concerned, so um, that's how I, I became interested in the quote unquote local scene, which I, I really don't like that term because most a lot of people aren't local, they're actually out here doing things. Um, me starting my music to recording, releasing projects and all that, I actually try to separate from the actual award show because I don't want anybody to to think, to believe, to to mouth in any way that I'm using the award show to promote my own music. Technically, I should be doing that. It could help. It could help me a great deal. But I don't feel like hearing the headache. People are already saying, oh, well, it's biased because you only pick your friends. Look, man, it's been people that's been nominated. It's been people that have, it's people that have won awards that I've gotten completely into it with that 
at one point we weren't even we couldn't be seen in the same area to the point that like some people like if I knew that they was in the city or they knew I was in the city we was looking for each other like and they've to this point I mean we've gotten past all that but we've they've they've won awards no name no blame I'm not putting it out there to put them on on a spot or put myself on a spot I'm saying that to say there's no discrimination in this if you haven't been up to this point if you haven't been nominated it has zero to do with me because it's a hundred percent left into the hands of the people of the city who hear your music, who see your movements, who see your visuals, who support your music, who support your visuals. That's a hundred percent what that's left to is it doesn't it's not left to me to dictate that. I just give the platform for it to be available for people to be able to win this. Now after this 10th one, we're definitely changing some things up. Um, we may be getting rid of public nominations as a whole and just deal with public voting. Um, but we'll see. We'll, we'll just see how, how this one how this one runs. It seems to be that it's going to run smoothly, but we shall see. Can't predict the future. I mean, I feel, I believe it is, man. <clears throat> I'm excited to, I'm excited to attend. Uh, I'm excited to go, and and I, f- I think that it's going to represent well. So, we'll, we'll circle back to to the awards because I have a lot of questions for that, and I, I want to keep on track there. But I want people to get an idea of who you are. So, what do we got? Tell us about coming out to Austin. Have you always been involved in making music and the creation of music? Did that come, you know, through what you know? What came first? Where did these journeys intertwine and what brought you out here? And as far as being in Austin, like yeah. music-wise, yeah. or just period in my life, your music career. Give us a, an, an over, an outline of your music career. All right. So, the first song I ever recorded, I was young, man. I was I was young, y'all, and it was on a what do you used to call ghetto blasters, big ass boombox, <laughs> hit play and record at the same time with a tape in. Tape. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> tape. Um, it's the first song I ever recorded. Fast forward to being in Austin. The first song I ever recorded in Austin was with uh, Big Tex. Um, well, he goes by Tex Garcia now. It was with Big Tex and um, a guy by the name of Al D. Al D is DJ Screw's brother. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, there was a studio in San Marcos that Tex used to always go to. And I told him, I said, bro, I can rap. Like, let me get on the track with you, man. I ain't never been in the studio, but we can, you know, I pretty much got got it down. I I did, but I didn't. Um, I had, uh, I had never even learned how to count bars at the time. Like, I was counting my bars, and when I got the 16 bars, unbeknownst to me at the time, I had already had like two and a half verses done. So I was like, when I found that out, I was like, yo, I'm writing whole songs without knowing I'm writing whole songs. Like, I'm could because I'm not even hip to how you even really supposed to even write a verse. But, um, got to the studio with Tex and, uh, I spit some little bullshit verse, man. It, it was, it was trash. It was complete trash. I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. 
and then uh, <laughs> hindsight kicks in. <laughs> yeah, I was I was spitting I was spitting fast. Al D was like, man, he said, man, I like that. I like how you was rapping fast like that, like with clarity and blah blah blah. But Tex was like, yo, we're going to put you on the next one, bro. Because this one, <laughs> you know, he, without being rude, he pretty much told me, like, bro, this one ain't it, man. This um, is not making the cut. Yeah, this is, this is just not going to be the one. And I really couldn't be mad at him about it. I mean, it was my feelings My feelings was kind of hurt a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But, a little ego. A little ego. Yeah, a little ego in. involved. But nobody ever told me that again. I'll tell you that. Um. I, I am completely confident. Because you learned him, right? Let's be clear. You you learned the game. You studied and you learned, Facts. and you decided that you were gonna you were gonna take it and make it, rather than have this like weird perception of what you understood and how you applied it. Yeah, because it, it was it was like, I, I I heard a song or whatever, and I said, all right. So I know I gotta have sixteen bars. So let me write it. Let me write down these sixteen bars. No structure to it, no particular cadence how it was supposed to be. Even if I'm writing to a beat, it just it just wasn't right. And I actually thank Tex for not even putting me on that song because at the end of the day, let, let's let's kick it up a notch. Actually, not only did he not put me on that song, the chick I was dating at the time, he put her on another song, sing it. So my my ego was shot all the shit. I was like, yo. Like, yo, you put this no, oh, no. So you, put, oh, no. I was like, yo, like, oh. I was mad. Like I was, he said, it was crazy. He sat in in my apartment, that the, well, her apartment, because I moved, I had moved to Austin. At the, I had just moved to Austin. I got to Austin in two thousand and two, two thousand three. I got to Texas in two thousand. Oh, okay, where um, did you start in Texas? City, city, about as big as your house, bro. It should call it should call uh, Sanger, Texas, in North Texas. Cool, cool. It's on the other side of Denton, where UNT is at. I moved yeah. from there to Denton, Texas, and all that. Cool. Um, so down in Austin, two thousand three. Yeah, down to Austin and all that. And uh, they uh, they sat into in the living room and and she and he and uh, I think Tex was playing the track, talking, talking about I gotta finish writing this song, and the chick I was dating at the time. She picked up her uh, her pen and pad. Said, "I got something for this. I could do something to this." And he said, "Go ahead. Let me hear what you got." So I'm thinking she finna rap or whatever the fuck. And she starts singing the hook, talking about I ain't worried about the money. Come home and make love to me or whatever. I remember that shit because it pissed me off because my verse. I thought my verse was fire. (laughs) I was like, "Yo, if if she if she can do that and he like it." Watch this shit, and I went and I spit uh, that shit. Oh no! That shit, <laughs> he just—I'm talking about. I felt like I was getting stabbed all over the place, bro. Like it was bad. And her out, her her version of her her uh, hook for that song made the it made the cut. It ended up on the album and everything, bro. Like, y'all, my feelings is hurt, man. Mm, no, I, my feelings, my feelings was hurt as hell too, man. <laughs> I was young. I was like, I was like nineteen. Like 18, 19 years old. Sorry, right. right. you take it with pride, dude. You take it with pride. Dude, Chest up. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> feelings was hurt, but um, went from that to from from feelings getting hurt with text to going to mess with these these folks called uh, believe it or not, White House Records was the name of them. Shout out to Rodney and all them. Um, 
they gave me the opportunity to actually get in the studio and record whatever I wanted to record. But this came after um, actually sitting down and taking more time on writing music and all that. And uh, I just got excited about it, super excited about it. And What got you into music? Sounds like you just... Sounds like you weren't really, you know, obviously, no, like, structured, out, you know, going to school for music or anything like yeah, that. So, nah, where, what got nah. you into it? Dude, we was, we was in the hood, like, the hood hood. Like, I know everybody got their own hood and all that, but growing up in, in, in Maryland, man, first and foremost, let me say this. The Wire was real. If you haven't seen The Wire, watch The Wire, and The Wire will put you up on game to you know, the type of things that was going on back in my home. Probably my home one of the state. best shows in the history, in the of, history television. of television. Yeah. Little known little known about that show, the dark skinned bald head guy on that show is who the show was made about. His name is Melvin Williams. You can boy, oh, okay. you can look that up. It's the dark skinned bald head guy that would be in the church all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um we me and my brothers my, me and my little brother, we wasn't as close as me and my big brother, but all close nonetheless. We used to go, you know, outside, play basketball, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, all that all the time. But I was always the one to get in trouble, so I would be stuck in the house. We moved to this house on Church Street. Um... I have fans in Maryland too. I actually have a couple of like pretty consistent fans in oh, Maryland. Yeah. yeah. So if you start naming that, you might get people might get might get, catch was, wind. Man. Hey man, shout out to them, man. Shout out four one zero all day. I got it tatted two times on my body. I guarantee it. There you go. Um, so we moved in the, the it's, we on the eastern shore. We on the eastern shore of Maryland, not far from Baltimore, about forty five minutes, something like that. If you drive like I drive. If you drive if you drive Maryland traffic, then it'll take you about two hours. You drive Texas traffic, it's gonna take you about forty five minutes to get there. Ooh. Um so across the Bay Bridge, you know, on the eastern shore. Uh we over on Church Street and there's a gentleman that stayed in the house before us. Somehow, some way he left a bunch of shit there. Um I had already been into hip hop. I had already been in love with the concept of what I believed hip hop was. Which was what? What's your at that time my concept and what I believe hip hop was was literally people talking about what they know, experience, feel, a way to have a an an outlet is what I believed it to be. One day my mom I was no, my mom nothing. Yeah, when my mom grounded me, I was grounded. I was grounded like a mug. Like, <laughs> man, fuck mom. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> ground me all mom. the time. Ground me all the time. Like, I was grounded at this point in time for getting caught with a butcher knife at school, and I got kicked out of school. That is so crazy because it, I yeah. also have a weapon offense at school yeah, <laughs> that, involves, that involves a sword. We'll maybe, get into, it. We'll maybe get into it a little bit later. Yeah. But yes, I understand. And, uh, so mom's is like, yo, you grounded and I'll tell you when you get off. At this point in time, I had been grounded for maybe a year and a half. Like it was, like, it was never ending. I go up, I go somehow I ended up in the attic. And whoever was there before me left a box. And the inside of the box was 
I, I don't remember everything that was in there, but what was inside of the box that I distinctively remember was multiple pads of nothing but rhymes. And I'm reading that shit, and I'm like, yo, like, this is, I like this. Like, I can do this. I can, because I had already enjoyed doing, you know, poetry and spoken word so type So you just shit. found a box of, like, rhymes written Man, down. Man, I, I couldn't. Just handwritten? Scorsese couldn't write this any better, bro. Just handwritten rhymes, bro. I got Were they, like, could you tell maybe how old they were? Like, are we talking decades old, a couple years old? Was there any type of, like, references culturally or socially that gave you an idea of where it was coming from? Nah. I mean, I think... That is so weird that that's what you come across in the attic. I think the person that had wrote them, honestly, may have been from New York. Because... Okay. I mean, close by. It's right there. It is close by, you know, but Baltimore, Maryland definitely had had their own little language and swag that... They didn't do in New York, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like, and so you recognized it from not not being from necessarily yeah, Baltimore, or Maryland. It area. didn't see unless it was somebody who was trying to be like them in New York. Which also could be, which also, also could, be, could be, unless it was that. No, um, but I'm reading over the rhymes and I'm like, yo, I can already do this, and I could tell it wasn't it wasn't spoken words just because of how he wrote. Literally to this day, how I read those pads, I write. On paper, I write the same way, which is bar, bar, space, bar, bar, space, bar, bar, space. A lot of people, they write, just write straight out. I can't do that. I don't read that fast. And then as they structure it, they kind of break apart how they're going to. Exactly. Like Eminem, when Eminem writes, he writes all over the paper. Yeah. And literally he, you know, I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? I can't just literally look over the paper and find shit. I don't register that quick. So I just bar Bar, bar, space, bar, bar, space. That's what works for you. Bar is. Yeah, that's what works for me. And I've, I've done that since I, I re- read those. And um, that's where, that's literally when, at that point, I was like, yo, I can fucking do this. And it's not going to be an issue for me to do it. But it was an issue for me to do it because I couldn't count the bars. I couldn't count my own bars. And then when I ended up coming to Texas and rhyming with somebody, they was like, yeah, that ain't it. Of course, before then, I was already, you know, like I said, playing, recording like a motherfucker did, and rapping, thinking I was doing something, and it wasn't. Um, I mean, you're getting you're getting the habits down. You're getting the the muscle memory and the the repetitions in by just the fact that yeah, you're recording you know, yourself. Yeah, you're only listening to yourself, which isn't going to provide much insight. But. At the, you know, at, <laughs> at that point in time, at that point in time, getting to. Uh, at, this, at that point in time, getting to uh, do, writing those many bars without knowing what I was doing, I actually got my breath control together. Like it really helped for actually being in the studio because I'm like, when you recording on playing, playing and record, it ain't no go back and fix. So you got a one take, Jake. Yeah, yeah, no, there wasn't like, a, uh, there was no digital editing. Yeah, it was none of that back in the. Uh, and yeah. if it was, I sure wasn't affording it. I ain't, <laughs> I didn't even know in the beginning how to even go to a studio, let alone get the equipment to be, you know, to have my own. So that was an experience within itself. So it, it, it really, it, it, it got me to the point to where 
what I was saying when I was talking to Al D and he was like, I really like that. I like how you was fast and you, uh, spitting fast. You reminded me of Zero when you did it and all of that. I, I, I took that shit to the head. And once he told me that, and Tex was telling me, yo, you gotta, you gotta clean it up a little bit. Yeah, you gotta structure your shit better before you get on the track with me. Was what pretty much what he told me. And you know, I, you know, ego, ego was involved with me, and I was on some man, fuck this motherfucker, no man. It's what I'm thinking of myself. I didn't say this to him. I'm thinking right. myself, what the fuck did he know? And then after I sat down and really thought about it, the reflection kicks in. Obviously, he knows. He has, he has the ability to get around all of these people. Uh, he has the money. He has the the ability to get this music done. He's bringing me in front of DJ Screw's brother. He's on stage with Big Mo and all this stuff. Apparently, he knows something. Right, something's working. In something's his working. So let me take that. And and to this day, I, I never even told him. To this day, he's a big reason to why I feel the way I feel about my music. Why I go back and I listen to it before I actually release it. And if it ain't right, I'll re-record the whole thing or I'll rewrite the whole thing. It's all because of, because of that. Because he literally, when I tell you he took me off of the verse, <laughs> he still put the song out. The song. No, I know. <laughs> he put, no, see, it was two songs. It was one song with, with, with the girl, with, 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 my, my, with my girlfriend at the time. And it was another song. Right, with the, he, with the, with the burner of a, of uh, a singing chorus that, uh, <laughs> or a hook that you couldn't that she, dude, get she, out of your head. She, nah, she came up with it so quick. When I say she came up with it quick, I'm talking about she came up with it at the moment that he uh, was sitting down. I, no, I think she was braiding my hair at the time, and he was just sitting on the couch. How disrespectful, God and she damn like, it. hold on, I couldn't. And she got the nodding, and she got done writing the, you know what I'm saying, got done Get writing. Get your hair the, out of here. Okay, like, songs to write. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You know what I'm saying? And what's even crazier yeah, is he, uh, Tex had a little, a little cut. Was he his cousin? I, I would say I would say Tex is damn near this dude's dad because he he did he did all of the providing for the family and all that shit. From what I know, Tex always been a good dude, man. I ain't never had an issue with him. But you still connect with him? I mean, you you, 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 you clearly again. have you clearly have this high regard of him, you know, and that's something he obviously had an impact on you, and that's yeah. important. So it's probably somebody you want to keep around. I'm I'm assuming. I mean, he's around. Um, I don't know the last time I spoke to Tex, man, but by the glories of Facebook, I see him every day. You by know what I'm saying? Glories of Facebook. By the glories of Facebook, I see him every day. We don't day. get our just, coding, our coding privileges, but we get connections. Yeah, we get man. connections. You know what I'm saying? And I think I want to. I, actually, I need to just I need to link up with dude, man, because he's he, like I said, he's a really really good dude. And uh, but what I was gonna say is, on that same album, he put. The other dude, like the dude that he, he was a kid at the time. He was like twelve, bro. Like, oh <laughs> no, my... and you just got punked by a twelve year old. Twelve year old, bro. <laughs> like, it was, I don't even. <laughs> no, he might not even been twelve yet, bro. Oh. <laughs> yeah, bro, it was bad, bro. How long did you stay in your room for? Did you not come outside for like a, a week? <laughs> bro, I'd have had, 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 had a chair and a rope, maybe just in the corner, just man. It's looking awfully sweet over there. What, yeah, man. When I tell you that shit had me tight, I'm talking about like I didn't talk to nobody. Like I was in my feelings for probably probably a few days, and I yeah. was like, you know what? He's fucking right. You don't want to admit it, but he's fucking right. Get your shit together. Like you couldn't. Uh, the pretty much the the mentality I had. I said you couldn't take this in front of nobody big. 
why were you trying to put out any type of music if you can't take it in front of a big, you know, at the time it was, it was Puff, Jay, you know, uh, Dame Dash, uh, Leo oh, Cohen. Oh no, Dame Dash. Yeah. <laughs> All them was the bigs at the time. Like yes. you couldn't take no rhymes like this in front of them people. It, it wouldn't get you nowhere. So why put out something you couldn't put in front of these big wigs? Like, what is, the, what is the point? I mean, that logic makes sense. And it, it also speaks to how confident you are in your own writing and your own music. Like, the you're confident to a degree, but I believe that that confidence needs to be chopped down a little bit. And you need to have these lenses forced in front of your eyes because sometimes people don't like to look at them. Sometimes yeah. people don't like to see, look in the mirror and see the truths that are, that are there. That's a lot of people that don't want to see that. So you need this forced this forced recognition and this forced uh, realization and you know it, it burns it burns yeah. man a lot of people don't realize that everybody doesn't need to be on the mic somebody gotta be the manager bro somebody gotta be the producer somebody gotta be the engineer everybody can't do everything like you can't be if you're truly talented and it took me a long time to for myself to be like, yo, I'm fucking dope. Because <laughs> at one point, I was like, yo, I, I know what I'm doing. That's definitely not something you can say at leisure, just anywhere, yeah. in front of anybody, without someone going, okay, all right. Yeah. Without someone looking at you. Somebody's going to look at you like, yeah, all right. Skeptically. So at one point, I was like, yeah, I'm good. I know bullshit. I'm good. Someone's going to test good. you. Yeah, and once text did what he did, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm really not. Let me get back in my bag and do what I need to do. A couple years ago, it ain't many fucking with me. Like, I know what I'm doing. It's it's a complete package. It's a performance. It's your lyrics, your delivery. Is it the is it around the death of G Bully era? Which is where I was it, introduced to you and, and how yeah. I was introduced to you. Is that the era you're talking about? Yeah, um, Cause what was pre that? Right, right before, right before Death of G Bully, actually, what Death of G Bully was me killing off G Bully, you know, George Von Doom coming to a full circle. Your former persona, my G former Bully. persona, G Bully, because G Bully was, uh, <laughs> lack of better words, he was a drug dealer at one point. He was a womanizer. He was just not the greatest person in the fucking world. And in order for me to move on musically, I got to separate myself from the shit that I was doing as G Bully. You know, um, that's why most of the Von Doom shit is, is, is darker, but is more meaning to it. Um, recording with, with White House Records had me around, uh, it had me around some shit, man. And, what, what capacity were you reaching? How many people were you potentially in front of that you were... I mean, because I feel like that, that plays into a lot, too. I think that there's... As far as G-Bully? A, a certain level of... No, just as far as, far as you, as as you, as your brand. Whoever you were at the time, G-Bully, Von Doom. At that time, when you were introduced to White House Records, you were put in these situations where you were tested, but at the same time, you were, you know, you weren't, you weren't in there, you weren't in there impressing like you thought you were going to, and you were, you were having yeah. these little reality checks, so... What 
what was the potential? I mean, did, were you looking at that clearly? Were you looking at that and going, hey, I have the potential to reach a couple hundred people, a couple thousand people, hundreds of thousands of people? You at know. that point, no. With, with, with White House, I went in there super fucking cocky, and they big my head up because I was pretty much, well, there was a couple other guys, but I was I was pretty much the the dude from, I was like, I was like the mystical of no limit. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm I fit in but I'm different than everybody else. Have your own you know sound. what I'm saying? I got my own sound and shit. And uh Rodney really, really gravitated towards that. But my problem with, with White House, no 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 disrespect, no beef with them, but my problem with White House was being with them, they didn't well, I ain't gonna say they Rodney didn't believe in people going to do performances at the time. I don't know what that was and I'm like hmm. I, I told him I said hey I got an opportunity to perform at such and such for such and such and he was like why and when is this this was t- shit 2004 okay so it would be 2003 2004 around then so I, I don't this was um, Club I mean, 311 yeah, pre, was jumping way pre SoundCloud but I mean you have pure volume and you do have a couple I guess websites coming up Bodog was there doing their music for a while in the 2000s you did have like you did have the forums where people were really just, you know, getting songs out and, you know, you had programs that were coming out. People were starting to be at-home producers. Mm-hmm. You did have, you know, you, you did have a little bit more of a chance of getting play and getting the recognition if you were yeah. just putting out solid sound and stuff, for sure. Yeah. yeah but yeah. to just completely axe performing? Yeah, he completely axe performing. What the like, f- Okay. And he got, this is at the time when Pro Tools is like 10,000 for the board. So what's and, the scene out here look like then? If you're involved in at a group that doesn't live perform, at that time, um, I'm still, I'm still green on the scene. Like I, I don't know many people. I know who some people are. Uh, Club Three Eleven is really, really jumping on Wednesday nights, um, and they're holding shows with people like Above All Entertainment and. Uh, Gutter Gang and Philly's Beats and all of them are, are there and they're packing the house every week. And uh, I'm just, I, I heard of this. I had never even met any of these guys. I didn't know nothing about it. Excuse me. And um, So you're getting just left and right culture shocks, being thrown into a scene you don't bro, know, not performing, being told this. Yeah, he legit told me that. And at that point in time, I said, well, I mean, if you see the way that I perform, you know why I'm upset. I was upset with not being able, being told I can't perform. Right? Yeah. Like, nah, bro, Um, we just need to work on this music. Okay, well, if we work on the music, then what we going to do with the music? We just going to sit here and just play it for each other? He said, nah, what we're going to do is we're going to make the music, and then we're going to uh, burn the CDs. At the time, um, CD makers or disc makers, and we're going to send them off to disc makers, get some copies printed up. And we're gonna get the silver backs, not the green press backs. Kiddish. Press kiddish. Press yeah. kiddish. You're sending out press kits at that point. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, cool, but you still want to attack our avenue? He said, nah, yeah. we're not gonna do that. So, yeah. all right, cool. You do. So, I never finished a project with them. I did. I did a few, quite a few songs with them, and they still love to this day. But I did a few songs with them, let them do what they do, and I moved on about my business for the most part. And uh, ended up with a crew called uh, Black Diamond Entertainment. Um, 
I don't even know where to start with them, man. Like, <laughs> I met the one guy because the chick that did the song was braiding his hair. Right. We was watching, not Cradle to the Grave, Exit Wounds. Okay. We was watching Exit Wounds, and they showed Drag On, and he said, oh, I didn't even know Drag On was in this. And my head lit up like a light bulb, because I was like, how you know about Drag On? Because at the... At the time, I was the only one from the East Coast listening to East Coast music down here. And he said, man, I'm from such and such. He's from, uh, I think he said Staten Island, New York or whatever. And we linked up. And uh, we literally, we, we we pretty much like just hit it off, you know, musically. Because we, we, we didn't have any restrictions on what the fuck we could do. He set me up with my very first performance ever. Um, later on, this is crazy. Because I just <laughs> thought about something. I met him when I was with old girl, but my first performance I was with, and it was in a whole nother relationship. That's crazy. Oh, shit. I've Not known even... him a long, I know them a long time. I didn't realize how long I actually knew this dude. But uh, we had my first performance at 311 with them. Um, they got me on the scene. They're hundred percent responsible for that to get me into the scene to actually performing and all that shit, and I'm I'm hundred percent grateful. But we, we we uh, when I say we fell off, bro, like we fell off, fell off heavy. It okay. was fights, like people pulling guns, knives. Like this is was, Black Diamond. Yeah, like it's just crazy. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna necessarily say no names of who and who in what group did what but that shit went left I mean as of today we're good we're all good we shake hands when we see each other but it was a time that one of us could have been dead like legit what what's what's the what's the goal with your music what are you looking to what do you get out of this what do you enjoy doing the music for and I ask this because I've I, I sense a I sense this like you're just trying to you're you're having all these different revelations and you're putting in all this work but it seems like you're just being put in these really awkward situations and scenarios where you're, you're not getting like 100% support or you're not getting 100% buy-in or you're not getting people that are you know and I, I know people experience that yeah. But at this point, what are you doing with your music? Are, is your goal to make it big? Is your goal just to write as much as you possibly can, put out as many tracks as you can? Are you trying to become a fucking... I know you mentioned Jay-Z and yeah. you mentioned fucking... Nah, you nah, know, I'm, are you trying to become at this level? Who, I, I couldn't handle... What's I know, your I know end what game? What's yeah, your I, end game? I, I know exactly what you're getting at. I, I couldn't handle being a, uh, a Jay-Z, a Puff, uh, a Snoop. A, a Drake, I couldn't handle that. It's a lot. For one, each person I just named is criticized on a daily basis on social media. I mean, now, yeah, you know they weren't like, maybe twenty years ago, but now they are. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, social media is nowhere near the antagonist that it is as now. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I couldn't handle that because I, I respond to people too much. You know what I'm saying? I shouldn't even respond to people now, let alone a million people. Telling me shit like, oh, your mom's a bitch and suck my dick and all that shit. Like, that shit is, 
That shit wild corny to me, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, man. I don't know it's you. the from, real world. Yeah. It's life, like, man, unfortunately. You don't know me from Adam. You've never even met me, never shook my hand, but you got all this negative shit to say about me because of what's put in these publications. Not because of necessarily what I did, but because you believe I had something to do with Tupac getting killed or some shit. Because mm-hmm. that's what you believe. You wasn't there, but that's what you believe. You know what I'm saying? And That's just a scenario, but I, I just I couldn't be there. So my, my personal shit is like, just, just let me be in a situation like a, uh, like a, like a twisted insane, a, a, a Tech Nine, or Mac Miller, or something. Like, just create like, your own. Yeah, just Do let me own. let me be in my lane. Whatever fans I get, let me get those fans, and let me generate income for my family off of that. Uh, let me record what the fuck I want to record and however I feel like at that time I don't want to be under any restrictions by a label oh you can't say that you can't do this you can't do that look they can say Molly's and Percocets on the radio every day around all these kids and you can look at these TV shows that completely exclude people because of their religion because of their uh, their physical appearance their skin color you can do all that but I can't make a diss track and negatively call somebody gay or a faggot. What makes anybody excluded from this area? So if I got to exclude gay people or homosexual people, whatever you want to call them, and I have no problem with them, I'm just using this example. <laughs> what makes me have to exclude them if I don't have to exclude... Who's making up these the- boundaries? Who's fucking putting in these boundaries Bro. and why and what? That's this. If there's it. a boundary for one, you have to make boundaries for all. You know why? Because that makes this person over here feel like, all right, well, now I'm better than you. Yeah, y'all can say all that shit over there, but don't say shit about me. It's Hip-hop's like hip hop's been such a staple for that too. Hip hop has been has been the the mothership of that pushing that you know the first to have the explicit content you know sticker on them the first to actually fight for the ability to actually talk about not having censorship you know in radio you're always going to get a level of censorship right because it's the yeah. mass it's the mass played right you're always going to get that level of of, of, of editing uh but then, especially nowadays it's so much easier to have that unfiltered voice that unfiltered message mm-hmm. yet I feel it gets criticized more because you do have the social media you've got the fucking integration That's of everybody fact. being a click away everybody yeah. being just a swipe away the, the social media Facebook YouTube, you look like you want to punch somebody right now when you stood that you right. were like motherfuckers it, <laughs> it, it bothers me that people are only opinionated online people say well, online is different than the real no it's not watch your mouth because if I see you in public, it's a dude, no name, no blame again. He said all kind of raw shit to me online one day. Just all kind of raw shit. So in turn, I said raw shit to him. And then he took it a step further. I said, okay, cool. I seen him in public. I seen him before he seen me. And he come up to me with his hand out, trying to shake my hand. I give him the, you short to me look. You know and you're saying? gigantic, by the way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what you want? Oh, shit. And he, just, he shook his head and walked off. Now, I did that to say online is still real life. You can't just say what you want to and not expect consequences. So if I get online and I'm going I'm to I'm use them again, 
If I get online and I say all kind of shit about gay people, I I expect the the LGBTQ and I think it's I now something com- yeah. yeah a the so alphabet the alphabet, alphabet group yeah I expect them to come and do whatever it takes to to get me to fuck up out of there because that's what they do. It's funny because you know the company saying? that owns Google is called the Alphabet Company, I think, or the Alphabet Group. And, oh, yeah. and they're the ones that are in charge of censorship and shit. So to call it the Alphabet Group, it's kind of That's funny. crazy. Um, that's crazy. I mean, there's that's the culture, and that's just, I mean, that's fucking the growth of life right now is the fact that we're able to have that as accessible as it is. Mm-hmm. But to have that be like a driving force. Uh, to have that be a driving force of it seems like maybe you're 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 reluctant to have to deal with that for the sake of freedom or are you just reluctant to deal with it because you're afraid you're gonna get too like if you can understand the the like the the full landscape of it mm. you're willing to hit numbers and get in front of an audience that maybe you're not accustomed to or maybe you're not familiar with all for the sake of being censored there's no there's no pay out there there's no like hey it might be worth it to this degree to maybe you know i mean i would sign on with at least a label that has a little bit of a I'd sign a deal. And I'm all about, hey, this is journalism. I'm all about yeah, I'm yeah, about yeah, free yeah. speech. Like, I don't believe in the censorship as yeah. it is. But, again, with having a radio song, there's going to be a certain line of editing. Exactly. With having something that's exactly. played in front of eyes and in front of exactly. listeners and at I'm, baseball games, at basketball I'm games. Getting, I'm getting, I have a song that's playing in uh, in the Bay Area right now. Shout out KPOO. I got, I got uh, a song playing in the Bay, Bay Area. Matter of fact, um... Talking West Coast Bay Area, right? That's facts, facts. Yeah, yeah. They're uh, based out of San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco. They're on the other side of the bridge. Yeah. I have a bunch of buddies in the hip-hop scene in, like, Vacaville. In, like, old school Vacaville okay. and, and yeah. area, Lodi, all those areas. So, so I have I, friends out there. I got put on with a dude from the Madhouse. And okay. uh, he, he he the one that made that happen. Uh, shout, out to, shout out to the Madhouse and all that. Um, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, so... I, I, I'd sign a deal, but that wouldn't be my end goal. Like if okay. I sign a deal, if I was to sign a deal, I at this point in time in my life and in my career, I highly believe that I would not sign a second one. I would sign a deal to obtain fans, obtain the the level of distribution, mm-hmm. and then. You're not necessarily signing on for a 360 and getting fucking screwed in the end of it. And I would, I would, you know, to be, I, I would literally sign a, a a 360 on purpose because, and I'm gonna tell you why. Getting that advance, which I know, it's called something else now. It's not even called a 360. It's called something else now. But right. getting the advance for that, the label is gonna push a certain amount of performances and all that shit that they're going to push on their own. And which is going to be get fans that I wouldn't be able to reach on my own. The money from that can go back into the money that they're telling me that I'm going to owe at the end of this deal or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with that because after that deal is up, my fans are going to be my fans. If they're already following me, social media, uh, wherever on the website, mailing list they're gonna get that that's how tech nine built this huge freaking empire off of trial and error and one thing that i noticed is whatever deal he signed whenever he signed it 
there was a certain amount of fans that came and they stayed. And then once he became Tech Nine and created, well, he was already, you know what I mean, became the Tech Nine and strange music, all the stuff that came with it. Strange music, and and I I know he's not a hundred percent. I know his partner is Travis O'Gwen. I know all that before the listeners be like, oh well, but he don't. No, understand something. Tech Nine is the biggest independent artist in the world. I saw like, Tech Nine at the crazy at the Key Club in like 2007, and he brought his daughter out on stage, and it was one of the most in my it was one of the craziest things I've ever mm-hmm. seen because he opened up the set with his daughter, mm-hmm. introducing him, and she's like nine, ten at the time, fucking little badass, right? Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of the set, his his big dude is just picking bitches out of the crowd and just taking them backstage. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, Tech Nine, you do your thing. It's right. And I saw fucking, there was also Cottonmouth Kings Cottonmouth and Kings. and uh, this band from, or this group from Canada called Dead Celebrity Status. It was three dudes, black dude, a white sound, dude, and an Asian familiar. dude. They were on Strange Music. They had one drop. Okay, yeah. And it was, they're good, like a little yeah. rap rock blend. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. Tech Nine has always kind of carved that path for himself, and he definitely has that good example. Yeah. And he does it in a way that a label would. I mean, if anything, yeah. it's probably because he did have the deals and the promotions leading up to being able to build the empire that he has that kind of gave him that experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm a hunt, like I said, I'm with signing, but I wouldn't keep that up because I don't want the censorship. Yeah. I don't know of any label that censor, that doesn't censor you. Like I just I see it as something that, I, and I'm I'm glad that that's your mindset towards it because I think that that's a that's a about a is about a prime ways you can go about it, man. Especially when you do have something like the hip hop awards, which in my opinion, mm. that's such a that's such an accolade for someone who's an artist themselves to kind of build mm. and not have really any connection to. I mean, I, I at least got an, an idea of how the inner workings of the of the of the show goes mm-hmm. and how you run that ship, and it's a very tight ship, man. And you talk about people being able to stay in their lanes, and you have your producers and your artists and your writers and your people that work in different areas, and you're you're spanning such a large area, being able to have that like work life balance of following your music career, you know having this award show where you're basically trying to put the the entire culture of uh, of a local hip-hop scene on your shoulders and represent it properly and yet mm. at the same time you have this brand you're trying to build you know you have your goals you're trying to make your 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 goals you're trying to obtain and so to have those additional resources fucking i, I mean i feel that it, it it highlights and it and it strengthens every aspect that you got going for yourself yeah i i've i've met I got a little bit more. Austin uh, needs to be that launching pad for you, I think. Yeah. The Austin area, if they're, you know, we have ACL, we have South by, we have these these eyes that are on the Austin market for a good chunk of the year, mm-hmm. and that, it could be a launching pad for artists like yourself, for artists that are really, you know, making that unique name and that unique banner for themselves amongst the other artists. Right. See, I'm 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 with I'm with that. Um, I just I just want. I just want people to, you know, to keep keep the same energy all, all around. You know, I, I just feel like being able censoring people on certain shit is it's crazy to me because you really and truthfully you only started doing that when it came to hip hop when it turns into a hip-hop artist talking about a different demographic. As long as the hip-hop artist is talking about uh, genocide within its own community, 
It doesn't matter if yeah. if a promotes its own self destructive culture in a if, way. Yeah, if you if you talk if you're a black artist and you talk every day about going to kill another black male, rob another black male, uh, drugging up another black female, raping her, whatever. The f- you can talk about all that for the most part. You can talk about all that. Many speak me, some truth. Let me speak some truth, or let me say something towards a uh, a system, a, a, a system, a white person, a gay person. Oh wait, wait, wait a minute! You can't say that. You can't do that. Well, well, why not? Because I mean, you might offend somebody. But all this shit that I've been talking about this whole time. About killing black people, that's nothing? You're breaking my brain right now because it's 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 frustrating to see the one message about censorship mm-hmm. and see how that's just this uh, an ironic picture, if anything. But at the same time, it's also frustrating to see the other picture that you talk about. Is like you're, you are allowed to glorify the culture of rap. You are allowed to glorify the culture of this you know, gang culture. Whatever it may be, you can glorify it and it's fine. Mm-hmm. But the minute you start addressing topics that don't even necessarily need to have any type of censorship or any type of like filter to be put on this or you know it's just it's just pointing out you know whether there be corruption things that should be very very knowledgeable and very well known things that Mm -hmm. should be in front of everybody's eyes you know not everybody can pay attention to the news when they got their lives to live right Right. so is hip-hop being a ship that, that kind of delivers that message there's this just ugly gross censorship about that uh jay brooke who i believe is probably one of Austin's best artists right now. And I I feel that he, you know, he doesn't necessarily get the attention I feel that he deserves, but I think that he's definitely got a similar message to yourself and about uplifting that culture. Mm -hmm. And the other day he put on his Twitter that uh, the hood isn't good for anybody. So it shouldn't be labeled that way. Like we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be drama, you know, making this big dramatic scene about it, Mm -hmm. you know, cause that's how we're losing artists. That's how we're losing people that are contributors to it. That's how we're losing losing everything. Yeah. Nipsey. That's how we're losing everybody is because that's all this. Everybody that feels that if you feel the culture is okay. Yeah. If you feel that the crime and the bad things that happen in anybody's hood is okay then you're mentally ill. So think about this. Well, you have a you one have one more a, time on that one. Can you do that one more time? If you think the crime mm-hmm. and the bad things that happen in the hood are mm-hmm. good, then you're mentally ill. Oh, okay. Yeah. It is. Think about this, right? Somebody kills somebody. One random day, whoever, whatever reason it is. No, I ain't gonna say whatever reason is because I firmly believe that some people getting killed is needed. I mean, uh, it is what it is. Like, for instance, child molesters. Yeah, kill them. Whatever. I couldn't care less. You don't touch a child. I don't. I really don't give a fuck. Rapist shit like that. Yeah, not by. But say, um, I'm gonna have to cut that out. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Say, um, Jim Bob from up the street. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? He gets up one morning and he says, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm going to go kill Sally Sue from next door just because that's what the fuck I want to do. That saggy titty bitch. That saggy titty bitch. I'm going to go kill this bitch. Right? So he goes and he kills Sally Sue. They find him. They sentence him to Jim Bob being a, uh, a uh, normalized 
white country guy's name, right? Because of that, they sentenced him only to 10 years in prison, right? He gets out. Where does he go? He goes right back to the same neighborhood because that's normally where he's, he is. What is the the general feeling of that being the quote-unquote hood or the trailer park area? What is the general feeling of murderers being released? Nobody gives a shit. You know why? Because it's the normal. Now think about that. Like how crazy is it that somebody who just randomly can get up and go kill somebody lives next door to you and you don't give no fucks. Like you just, oh, okay, he's there. That that is normalized. The murdering, the robbing, the fuck it, the arson, the whatever. It happens every day in these fucking neighborhoods and nobody gives a fuck because it's normal. I didn't mean to hijack the conversation either and make it about a, a cultural thing. But if we can be honest, good, it's a good. very... No, no, no. But I, I enjoy it because it's an honest reflection of what's really happening. Mm-hmm. And without taking it too far, I want to. I, I do want to stay on this path because I feel it's relevant. There's more and more... There's more and more transparency with systematic uh, deficiencies, right? Mm-hmm. Or corruption, mm-hmm. right? And let's, and let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Fucking people are corrupt. The government, any type of system that's in place has this level of corruption to it to a degree. Yeah. You know? There's so much light being shed on the culture right now in hip hop mm-hmm. and the, the, it is. It, it within itself has this weird systemic just cycle of going through artists and going through uh, ideas and images and messages. And it's not until recently are you getting this kind of truth sound bites that coming through right i'm thinking mm-hmm. a lot of like flatbush stuff a lot of like underachievers uh you know atmosphere i mean if we're talking older guys but you know there mm-hmm. is a lot of that more intelligent woke rap or woke hip-hop whatever you want mm-hmm. however you want to look at it that is that emerges do you think that those types of messages are going to gain the same type of attraction and attention as the as the glorification of the hood as the going to the club are we going to see that transition with the message in hip hop? Do you think? And do you think it's a good message to have? It's a great message I mean, to have, but I doubt it. I highly doubt it because the. the and is it that kind of that Hollywood mainstream yeah. system that. Mainstream didn't. Justifies that. When hip hop came out, bro, it was. It was. For the people, by the people. Again, it's led that charge. It's always led that charge. Yeah. And that's why it crossed genres. That's why it's so easy to blend with everything because it it is that vessel that kind of gets that message through. It's, it breaks barriers. It's going to be the same thing that happens to the weed culture. Watch what I tell you. Once everywhere it legalizes weed. Five years. Within five years. Yeah. Watch exactly what's going to happen, bro. It's going to be taxed. It's going to be... It's not going to be the same shit to where you can go down the street and holler at Jimmy or Juan or Bob or, or Jose or whoever the fuck and get your get your pack because it's not going to be the same shit. They're going to start putting chemical, extra chemicals in right, it. Right, right. They're gonna, it's like uh, cigarettes and vaping. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, vaping's better. No, it's the already fuck started. It's, it's already started. Yeah, it's like, already started on a micro degree or a macro level. Yeah, Everyone look at it. But. See what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's the same, and that's what happened with hip hop. Mm-hmm. Hip hop, mm-hmm. you you used to be held to a standard. Right. I was watching. Um, uh, I, I don't remember what the hell I was watching. I remember public. I was t- uh, public enemy was or not public. The whole public enemy, but Chuck D was doing an interview, 
And he said he remembered. We're talking like pre '90s hip hop too. We're talking like yeah. late '80s, early yeah. '90s. I'm sorry, I'm, this was NWA, the, Public Enemy. The interview talking. just happened, but the the incident happened maybe '77. Okay, dude, he said he went. Him, Flav, Professor Griff went to uh, whatever park it was. You know, they used to hook up in the parks and shit, or at the street lights and shit. They went to the street light or whatever. They was out there and them niggas was out there rapping and shit. And uh, I can't think of his name. Anyway, it was one of the grandfathers of hip hop, man. Got on another mic and told them, boo, get the motherfuckers off the stage. Went up to them and told them, don't come back until you know how to rap. The interviewer asked Chuck D. He said, well, well shit, what did y'all do? He said... You seen what we did. We went and we learned how to rap. Because that's what you're supposed to do. Like, you're not supposed to just, oh, well, he at least he's trying. Nah, fuck that. No kid left behind bullshit. Hmm. Look, man, as any kid I've ever been around, I'm not finna sugarcoat shit for you because you too. You know, well, I mean, because you're young or whatever. I'm not finna do that shit. What for? What for? The world is not going to do that for you. Yeah, it's not nerfed. Well, You're going to have that dose me, of reality. You're going to get a dose of reality? I ain't going to say the world's not going to do it for you because, of course, the world is going to do it for you as of these days because the, the law isn't going to do that for you. The system is not going to help so, you. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to tell you the truth. Don't bring me a picture you did in school and then ask me if it's a good picture because I'm going to tell you the truth. If it's not good, i said no, you could have did this better. Now go back and try again. And after you do it better, all right, now keep at it and you'll get better. I'm not going to be saying, oh, my God, this is amazing. You did a great – no, you didn't. You didn't do a great job. I don't even know what the fuck it is. So you're what saying with elevating the message and elevating the meaning behind what's going into hip-hop, it's going to elevate the standard and the expectation you kind of have of it or that people have of it? Yeah, if if it's on a, uh, a independent level, we can't look at – the corporations for doing that shit. Can't All they look looking at for is a buck. records. Yeah, you can't look at yeah, capital they records for to lead that charge. See, you gotta, you have to pay, you have to pay a uh, a Snoop. You have to pay a. Uh, well, I won't even use Snoop. You have to pay a a uh, E forty a different amount of money than you would have to pay a Twenty One Savage. Right. You you have to pay a Too Short a different amount of money than you got to pay a Lil Yachty. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to pay Nas a different amount of money than you got to pay uh, Lil Baby. Why? Because they've proved a longevity. So what these labels are doing is say, all right, well, cool. We'll give you these deals. We'll give you this amount of money. Go out here and make this music. Oh, okay. Well, we're done with you. You go over here. I said this shit four years ago. I said this exact statement. I said, nobody's going to pay attention to Lil, Lil Yachty or uh, Designer after ne- after this year. Designer did uh, uh, Panda, right? Yeah. What he do since then? He had that Bo- he had that Bobby Turner video. Mm-hmm. Which that that was that which, was good. Which, yeah, that was good. But that Timmy, was it. Timmy Turner. Timmy, Timmy Turner. Turner yeah. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, but that's it and and that that was met with so much scrutiny, even though Timmy Turner was supposed to have been a positive story. Supposed to be. Supposed to be. 
I mean, I feel like you got the same thing with uh, with Vic Mensa, right? In the little short EP he did a couple years ago. You know, he has. I, yeah. And you know, and he's got that that whole nine one one call and that whole like replay of the, you know, mm. and again with the with, it's not necessarily you know maybe designer maybe was a positive story maybe there was a good message behind it you know it's not necessarily glorifying it if anything you're glorifying mm. the truth mm. you're glorifying what it is what the culture really holds and what mm. it's really like but at the same time the you're right the knowledge and the 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 truth the insight that that comes that comes through a lot of these lyricists mm. it's not it's not respected as much as a it's as a bling bling talent. clout chasing Talent's type of track respected. would you know Talent is not respected. Because so if, if if talent, not to cut you off, but if, if talent was respected, Black Thought would be one of the top paid artists I ever. I see you. You're pioneering for him, my guy. You're <laughs> pioneering for Black Thought. I'm, I'm not angry at it. No, no, I agree, man. I agree. I, Dude, I think that there's a I, lot of... That's why I made the post on Facebook. Yeah, it's yeah. so... Under Jordan Lucas, Black Thought, those type of artists, bro, like the way they think is different lyrically. If hip hop was about talent in the mainstream, quote unquote, then they would be the top paid. That would be what is on the forefront. Oh, nobody wants to use a dictionary when they in the club. Okay. You don't. Because I'm going to tell you something. If I'm in the club and Triumph come on, I'm losing my shit. That's one of, like, not, I mean, I'm, I'm a big Wu fan, but the, them being. That song is one of my favorite songs in the world. I don't give a fuck about all the rest of that shit. Oh, hey, shorty, you can twerk. Let me see you twerk to Obama atomically. Let me see how you do that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let me see that real quick. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand the party culture. I mean, the party. You're a purist, you know, though. That, I feel like you're a purist. You're rightful. I think if you were to say that you're a purist, you're, that's that's correct. You're I think to it's that right badge. to say, but I enjoy ignorant shit, too. I mean, I really does. do, and I'm not but saying, don't make me feel like I'm wrong because I'm telling you that it's not really talented. And hey, I mean? to the same degree, we're talking about censorship and what should be good or should be recognized. Let's not, to play devil's advocate, we can sit here and go, hey, the ignorant shit is fun, and it is. It's good to have that Super hype fun. song. It's, it's good to have the fucking party. You, there's a balance. There's a balance there that needs to be recognized. And it needs the to be balance, attainable. The way the balance is now is like a, it's like a 80-20 or a 90-10 type thing, like where you have... One Kendrick or J. Cole, then you got, you can name me 20 Lulz, you know what I'm saying, yeah. that don't even do that type of music. And there's, I don't think there's enough balance. Now, I will say this. The day that I hear Griselda on. Dude, okay. The, the, dude. Can we the, talk top five <laughs> albums of 2019? I, I know I didn't shoot that to you in the initial email, but I feel yeah. like if you're if we're gonna talk Griselda, that's a conversation to have. We can we can do that. We can do that. Uh, my buddy Matt just creamed himself listening to this too, probably. Bruh, <laughs> yo. I mean, it's not listening. If but. if we can hear Griselda on the radio, I will revamp my statements. I really will. The, Benny, hey, I mean, hey, I mean, as as a whole, there you got fifty on the track. You got fifty on the track. You got Eminem on a on a couple Conway's uh, to Conway's song. Uh, oh okay, a couple music dude. videos, a couple garage, whatever you, you know. You get you get shot in the face. Get shot in the face. Literally, and your your mouth is crooked because of it, and nobody focuses on that. 
That's what I'm talking about, about talent. Nobody focuses on that because with with uh, with Conway. Nobody does. Everybody know Conway's mouth is messed up because of that. But nobody focuses on that. You know what they focus on? Their rhymes. Their talent. Even though you can hear it in the, in his speech. I think that states something, though. I think that's good. Because, I mean, you look at the how many people do have the fucking, you know... 50 got shot nine times in the fucking face. Mm-hmm. He granted he doesn't look fucked up, right? Yeah. And yeah, but you can hear it, you know, especially mm-hmm. in his earlier stuff. You've got a, you've got, you, you got you Kanye got, too with the broken with the with, wire, with, with yeah, the wire I mean, you, and that whole thing. You can you can see it, but I'm glad to I'm have not a, paying attention to it. Yeah, to to have a visual. Yeah, like Fifty got the little dimple or whatever. That constant reminder. Kanye yeah. got the big ass jaw, but you know that he, they still reminder. look normal. But it's a constant reminder. Cause you see a scar on one side, and his whole displaced. shit is, yeah. bro. That tells you that these motherfuckers are talented. Yeah, yeah. And they're all yeah. almost forty. And they're not. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no. There, yeah. And they're not rapping about the fake shit. They're they're rapping about what they know. They talking yes. about some real shit. They talking. And they're about, not glorif- glorifying it. I was talking about evidence or uh, the alchemist yacht rock, right? Mm-hmm. He he's got uh, boat shoes and East Side like back to back, right? It's got Conway. It's got fucking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a uh, fucking West Side Gun. It's got uh, Gun, everybody. Yeah. The entire Griselda gang is on both tracks. And even though it's yacht rock and it's this, it's you know, it's got fucking. Action Bronson and shit on it. It's got this like hype, fucking let's get lit type of vibe to it. Those Mm -hmm. two tracks back to back are like they're punched to the chest. I was working out to to it the other day, listening to it, and when they every time they come on, I feel like I have to I have to reset and realize that I'm listening to Griselda because it's like this weird. It gets violent. It gets kind of aggressive, and you you don't have that theme in many of the yacht rock songs. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't, and yet you get it in everything that they write. And it's not meant to come across any other way other than that's who they are and, the, and it's the uniqueness to it. Facts. And they're still putting out, every fucking person puts out a brand new track every or a brand new album every single year. Mm-hmm. The fucking Hitler wears whatever, Hitler Hermes, wears, whatever Hermes, the fucking yeah, Hermes. Hitler Hermes. I mean, you've got, it's, it's nonsense, <laughs> man. And to, yeah, it's, it, yeah, they're 40 and they're just now getting the recognition. And who are they getting the recognition from? Fucking Dr. Dre, one Eminem, the, and 50 Cent? Yeah, what the, the fuck is that? One of the biggest fucking artists in the world. Whether you and like you can, him or not, yeah, he's you one can of the talk shit. In the you world. can you talk say shit. That's recognition. Yeah. That's somebody of recognition recognizing somebody. So here's a real question about Griselda: Are they the new, or are they themselves? But are they the new Locks? Who I, I'm not familiar with Locks. The Locks, Jadakiss and them, Jadakiss, Styles P, and Sheik uh, Looch. I mean, I know Jadakiss out of that man. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, uh, well, I, I'm thinking that they may be the new, the new Locks. Well, just check out the Locks, man. Just okay. uh, they uh, they were signed under Puff for a while, and then after they signed with Puff, they went to the Rough Riders. Their original name was the Warlocks. A lot of people don't even know that shit, but they was they was under Big for a long time. Like Jadakiss and Big was like. Damn, they're best of friends. That's why I was surprised not to see them on the Biggie movie. But, um, yeah, they. So when you when you hear Griselda, you hear the '90s. You hear it. You like it's there, but you also hear. Two thousands, like two thousand tens, the tens up to the like between ten and nineteen. You know what I mean? 
you also hear that. You hear the, the griminess of the 90s with a new flair. It's all East Coast, like the beats. You can tell is like somebody from the East Coast made these beats. So they love East Coast music. They got to. But then they got, it's, it's just so much shit with them. And then they got like a West Side Gun kind of got a, a West Coast sound to them for whatever reason, man. I don't know why, but they all from like Buffalo, New York. And shit. Buffalo, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. My last, my last guest, my friend Matt, he's actually who got me into hip hop. That's who I went to Tech Nine with. Mm. Uh, and me and him did radio shows for a real long time. And he, that's his number one without a doubt for this year, probably the last couple of years. He got me into him, uh, earlier this year when, when West Side Gun put out his most recent one. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I think that there's something to be said about them getting the recognition that they're getting now mm. after putting in like, you can't necessarily say that they have the longevity of like a let's say. Did you hear Cameron's new one? Did you hear Purple Haze? I did too? hear Purple Haze too. Okay, I, did. I feel like anybody can fall back on a Cameron and appreciate it for being a Cameron album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's a Cam, it's Cameron. I don't I mean, really have like an opinion in the boat about I, it. I'm not a big Cam fan, but I mean, it, it was Cam, and it had a couple of. It had one. Oh my God! It was one song on there. I can't think of them. Not to get too far off subject, but it has one song on there. Where he was talking, I think it's called True Stories or whatever, mm-hmm. and he's telling different shit that happened, like when um, Suge Knight ran up on him before and shit like that. I really appreciated that song. I liked that song, but the Cam album was alright, man. I, I liked it. I liked it. There's not the longevity there of like the notoriety, right, or having the you for know, Griselda, yeah, yeah, nah, it's not there. It's but not there. to have the buy-in of people that do have the longevity and to have the buy-in of that—that's big. I, and not only is it big, but it also I think speaks to how you are getting because that is some, I, the musicality to them is something that I recognize there is a track on one of the uh, the actual Griselda album that released there's a track on there that kind of reminded me of a Swollen Members track back from like 2007 mm-hmm. and I was like or 2008 and it it didn't come off to me as being like anything that blended it was like bringing back a retro song and like hyping it up and making it a modern like song. And I was like, okay, I get it. I get why they're doing it. But you bring up the West Coast sound and I don't, I, I hear it on Conway too. Yeah. You know, you talk about, you talk about just West Side Gun having it. I hear it on Conway too. And, you know, I wasn't really bought into Benny at, when I first started listening to him. Mm. Benny was the actually, man. Benny was the actually, it was actually the first one I heard. And then I seen the, um, Rate them bars, and it had Conway and and Westside Gun on it. Are you into Flatbush? Are you into Flatbush Zombies at all? Flatbush Zombies have a song has a song with Jadakiss called Facts. It's one of my favorite songs I've ever heard. Like literally, um, I don't know a lot a lot about this shit, but I've I've heard enough to can, that I can say these dudes are fucking dope, and they they they're young. What do you have to say for any West Coast acts right now? Because I wrote down, I know, I know, I know from Maryland, and I, I there's a, several. I think on we can even continue to talk about on the East Coast, but on West Coast, is there anybody that stands out to you? I have, I have as new dudes or just period. Uh, we'll go last five, you know, last decade. Like anybody that's really coming up the last couple years that are putting out bangers. I, I Vince Staples comes to mind. Uh, I thought that I haven't heard FN, much of of Vince Staples shit. That album okay. was just nineteen. But FN that was nineteen nineties. Uh, Shit, dude, that Who was the so. Hell put me on FN. My man John uh, uh, Mirage put me on. Put me on him. Shout out to shout out to John. He put me on FN, bro. And 
I had never. Matter of fact, I have him in my in my recently listened to on my Spotify. Okay, I gotta search him because I was talking about Vince Staples' most recent album. Oh, there's a. But uh, who are you talking about? Because I'm gonna put him in my Spotify. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. Oh, and Amir Vaughn. You know, obviously from being in Texas, you know Brockhampton. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. familiar. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar. I don't. I don't listen though. So Amir Vaughn, who used to be in uh, Brockhampton, he's no longer in there. He's doing his own thing now. Put out a seven-song EP called Emmanuel. That got my album of the year uh, as far as hip hop goes because uh, it fucking bangs. But anyways, you're pulling up FM. You I'm, said, I'm, yeah. If is it, am I am I mistaking him with? You're not. You're not. Uh, you're not thinking of IDK, are you? No, no, no. IDK is dope too, though. IDK is his most recent was dope too. Uh, I want to get back to the award show too while you're searching that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what highlights for for this coming Saturday? What are they, man? If there's anything that's standing out for the award show, anything that you're drawing attention to that you think people need to go and check out, what is it? I know you got a couple performances. I know you have Droid performing. You have Ben Buck performing. Uh, Moana will be there as well, correct? I believe, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Um, Moana is going to be doing the. No, no, that's not Moana. It's somebody else. I was about to say what I do doing the red carpet. The, the main thing that I'm going to do. Do I want to say that? Yeah, the main thing I'm going to do is. I'm, I'm I'm excited to do is the ciphers. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, I'm gonna play a few ciphers. But they're not all new. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna play some from back from other artists that didn't have anything to do with the award show. But it's, it's uh, that damn word, local artists. Cool, very cool. I cannot find this dude. It's all good, man. We get back to it. I'll, uh, I'm jotting it down. FM and then a question mark. Uh, I actually need to. Take this? Yes. Go do your thing, man. I'll entertain. I'll entertain while you're away. Cool. We're an hour and twenty in, so we'll start we'll start the, the home stretch. Stretch his legs. George Von Doom in the house. It's Common Chaos Podcast, drinking some uh Topo Chico, some Sprite. Um right now if you guys head on over to my website, sign up for my email list, uh you will get a free shirt and free stickers. Literally that simple. That's all you have to do. Head on over to commonchaos.net. That is commonchaos.net. Uh, you're signing up for my email list. Go ahead and jot down your email, your name, and then in the comments, put what size shirt and which design you want. They can be found on my merch page. Uh, no strings attached, guys. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spam you. I'm not gonna send you any unwarranted emails. You're simply gonna get uh, a reminder when I drop a show. So you're gonna get an email when I drop a new episode, uh, and then just any type of like project that gets released or gets announced, you, you you'll get. You'll get one of those. So, very infrequent. Infrequent. Will you hear from me? Um, but it's my way of, of keeping all you guys connected and and keeping the the name and the message out there. Um, yeah, and your guys' support and engagement is always always welcomed. Uh, this episode, man, I'm excited for it. We're about to hit the home stretch on it. Uh, we've got the Austin Hip Hop Awards taking place this Saturday, from nine a nine p.m. to two a.m at the Vulcan Gas Company here in Austin, Texas, uh, downtown. Uh, it's going to be a big event. There's going to be a bunch of special performances. Von Doom just announced uh, there's going to be some ciphers that are going to be presented 
as well. There's 22 different awards. Uh, you've got awards spanning from obviously performer of the year, album of the year, group of the year, but you've also got some inclusions. You have hustler of the year, battle rapper of the year, performer of the year. Obviously, we've got uh, female artist of the year. Uh, a whole slew of them. That's this Saturday. We're gonna be getting into the to the nuts and bolts about it right now. Ron Doom just got back on the mic. Do you need another water or anything, man? You good? No, I got no, more water good? Right here. Boom, perfect. I need to not move the tables. That's all right, man. That's okay. I'm thinking about just getting putting everything on springs. Just kidding. All right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, man, this Saturday, big event, 10 years, man. And I wanted to highlight this as best as we could. I know that you're, uh, you're knee-deep in promotion and you're probably busy advertising this, but, you know, I think that 10 years is a huge staple in your legacy. I think it's something to be recognized, and I think it's important to note that you've been putting this on yourself. Uh, you know, nothing, no crazy advances or, 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 you know, you're not getting any type of crazy corporate backing cause you're doing this shit yourself, son. Bruh. <laughs> uh, no. And you talk about it and you were like, you were, you, there was at the beginning of it, I was, I was, uh, you know, I had the privilege of working with you for a couple weeks, you know, maybe even a couple months over the span of it. Cause we met a couple, you know, maybe five, six times. And again, saw the inner workings of this award show, man, and saw all your work that goes into it and saw the effort that you put forth. And it amazes me that you're able to do it by yourself every year, despite having, you know, setbacks, despite having struggles, despite having your normal headaches that you're going to have. Factuals. And you persevere, man. Uh, so what's the 10 year anniversary? You've, you've got the message. You're bringing the community up. You're putting it on a pedestal. You're making sure that everybody looks fly as fuck as you do it. Because it's a, it's a suit and tie event, ladies and gentlemen. So come dress to the nines. What can we expect, man? How many people do you think um, are going to show? I know that you hit big numbers last year. We... Actually, Vulcan can get packed too, people. Yeah. Get ready. Yeah, get ready. Um, I definitely, um, I definitely feel like the the pre-sale tickets are looking okay. Um, but we can never gauge until people actually start showing up. Um, I do feel like we should be do- We should we should have a pretty damn good show this year, as far as the turn, the actual show. If it's one or one million people in there, we're going to put on the same show. And it's going to be an excellent show as far as, excuse me, performers are concerned, as far as the visuals, as far as all of that. So if you're coming out, come out, have a wonderful time, and uh, get ready to see some shit you ain't ever seen before. Who knows? Von Doom might show up and perform. He won't, but he might. Who knows? Am I lying? <laughs> or am I not? <laughs> no, in all, in all honesty... He winked eight times, too. So I don't know if it's a secret or not. I don't know what it is. Nah, I, uh, on the cool, like, to be really real, I've only performed at the awards show three times. Like, maybe twice. Two, maybe three times. So it's, it's not what... Hey man, if we're judging off nobility and how fucking you know, first of all, there's very little nobility in any type of industry that makes <laughs> millions of dollars. So I'm gonna be honest there. But if we're talking nobility, you are being noble by keeping yourself out of out of categories and out of nominations. Again, you're not here to hype yourself up. You know, that's what I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm over here trying to hype you up. I'm over here trying to tell you, hey man, let's fucking get your name on some billboards and get the mask everywhere. And you know, I feel like you're humble. I feel like you sit back and you don't give you don't give a shit about that. Not that you don't care about it, but you that's not your main focus. Your main focus isn't to gain this reputation of just being in front of everybody's faces or being you know clickbaity. No, you want to have a genuine approach and an authentic message, and I appreciate that. Everybody 
should appreciate that. And that's why everybody should fucking go to the awards show. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass either, man. This is a big thing. 10 years, people. You know, I'm about to hit a 10-year anniversary with with where I work. And that's, you know, that's a big chunk of your life, man. That's a dedication. Mm -hmm. That's a decade. You know, we're talking about going into the roaring 20s. We're talking about this fucking changing the times. We're going into a whole new set of 10 years. The world's going to be completely different, just like it's completely different than it was from 2009. So to not think that this fucking award show is a milestone and one to be attended. There's history in it, you guys. Come on. Technically, what's what's real crazy is I missed a year because I got really discouraged at one point. So this is really supposed to be number 11. Uh, First one was in 2008. Um, I get discouraged at times because you know sometimes sometimes it it takes more to put the show on than it's heavy man. Then comes on the other side, yeah man. Like literally, blood, sweat, tears, and death threats because of this thing, man. <laughs> you know, and um, it's it's all ha- it all has to do with um the believing that these guys and girls really have the talent to make it to the next level. Whether it be with a record deal or independently. I am a firm believer in independence. If you can get a label to sign nothing more than a distribution deal and have them do the promo and not have a full deal on the table where they make you do what the hell they want you to do, hey, go do it, man. And put it on your resume. See, a lot of people say, I ain't gonna say a lot of people, I've heard people say things like, well, it's just a a local award show. But when people like DJ Hella Yella do all this shit to legitimately feel good about winning an award and announce it in interviews and all of that, that's the type of shit that keeps me going. And people like like uh, OG Fatal, who's been around for years and done things with people all over this country, really acknowledge it and they feel good about it. Um, that's that's the type of thing that keeps me going. Like, the, the negativity comes, but there's positivity. There's a lot of positivity that comes and a lot of pra- uh, uh, praise and a lot of thank yous and... Uh, all of that, that that comes right along with it. And I'm humbled for people to even come to me and tell me that. But at the end of the day, it's the it's the people who, over the past years, have made this work. It's the people that have done the nominations. It's the people who look at people and say, "Yo, this guy does a lot of does a lot of stuff for the community, so he should get the uh, the humanitarian award." Or this person over here, he just got back from being on BET DJ, and so. He did this for DJ and he did that for DJing, so he should be DJ of the year. You know, just different things like that is what keep me rocking. Like, if I if I let the few who have came out and came out their mouth and said some real fly shit to me, if I let them dictate what was going to happen, I would have stopped in a year or two. So, I just need more uh, financial support in order to to keep it up because it's hard to do. Uh, coming out the way that it, that, that it comes out. I mean, we're going to make it work the best way we can make it work, but with more financial support, we can make this thing a lot bigger. And then we can do the billboards and all that. Like, I've been wanting one, too. Every time I get quoted a price on one, they hit me with something stupid. I'm like, yo, I ain't even got that. Like, <laughs> I can't even do that. 
<laughs> I told one dude, I said, "Hey, uh, you said your, I said your, you say your dad make, uh, he does the the billboards and stuff, right?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "Yeah, um, I want to put one of my flyers on a billboard." He said, "Okay, I'll I'll check the price for you." And then he got back at me. He said, "Yeah, it'll be thirty k." I said, "I said, Doug, what did you ask him? It's, for how it, long, Doug? For a month?" I said. I said, what did you ask him? It's a thousand a day? Dog. You gotta be he breaking went, in some fucking dough. He went in a thousand a day for a fucking billboard? I'm gonna tell you it's what outrageous. I'm gonna tell you what he what he uh asked him, because he didn't ask him what I told him to ask him. He asked him how much it would cost for me to get one built. I oh said, no. <laughs> I said like first, just in your backyard. Yeah, I was like, I was like, first of all, that sounds cheap as hell for <laughs> for a, a billboard to be built. As a really? second of all, I don't have that. Like, I'm not gonna give you. I said I don't want what to build it. Put a billboard at. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what property is gonna allow me to put a whole fucking billboard? Oh shit! Yeah, he was oh, dead ass. Fuck. He was dead ass too. I'd never even asked him again because I was like, yo, you You're fucked an that idiot. Up, <laughs> He probably he probably told you he probably told I asked you, for apples and you brought me bananas, dude. Facts, what the bro. fuck? <laughs> I, I, he probably went and asked him, and his dad told him some shit, probably like like fifteen hundred, two thousand, three thousand dollars or something. And then they I, they would let me put the billboard up for like a week or two or some shit. That's probably what he told him. So he was probably trying to get extra money or some shit. He just said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go for all of it." <laughs> wow, so gonna, dude, shyster. I'm like, Yo, fuck you, bro. Like, Fuck out of here! I ain't talked to that dude since then. I couldn't even point him out on the street. Like, I, I like cut. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm cut a, out. Yeah, I'm gonna legitimately forget about you on purpose because of that shit. That shit was corny as hell. You corny. Uh, we've got. Oh shit. Uh, so of the awards, is there any awards that stand out to to being one of the more long-standing or recognized? Is there like an illustrious? I know you mentioned the humanitarian award. The humanitarian award is fairly new. The most famous, or the one that I ain't gonna say the most famous, but the two that have been around the longest is uh, DJ of the Year. That that shit was in the inception, and the uh, hip hop artist of the year. Those two were the main two. When it first started, it was like I think it had like ten awards total. But I'm like, oh, that's not enough because it's more people, it's more things. You know what I mean? You guys doing the charity game still? No. No. Um, we'll do it, but we're just gonna do it later in the year and cool. use it as uh, something to to promo for the actual the next awards because the next one is gonna be later in 2020 and then later on because I'm not gonna wait until. January to do the next one. I'm probably gonna do the next one in December or something like that. So you pick right back up. Yeah. Unf- yeah. I ain't gonna say unfortunately, but yeah. Hey man, it comes a, with it. It comes with the grind, yeah, you know. That's I stay busy with doing it, man, and I stay tired because of it. You know, it's just something that has to happen, though. It just has to happen. Like, I I, f- I feel it has to happen. It has to happen because the the other shows and no you know no disrespect towards them but the other award shows they I don't think they acknowledge hip hop on the scale that I acknowledge it you know what I mean like uh, I know the Chronicle does their thing um but it's it's 
how many people the Austin Hip Hop Awards is yours right you own that yeah absolutely I feel like there's a have you ever thought about going hey my guys I got this nice name I got this nice package and this nice idea let's start you know let's start getting people involved let's start opening the doors for some opportunities here and you have the representation no doubt and you have the buy-in from the actual artists local artists and producers and the people that actually matter you have that buy-in why wouldn't a a a a publication want to take up a main sponsorship or a radio station take up something hey man i would love for them to what the fuck are you guys doing i feel like this is something that and you know i don't know if it means much coming from me because the place i don't know what footing I have even in this entire landscape of things but Mm -hmm. from my perspective alone you know I came out and was heavily thrusted into Austin's entertainment scene and 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 working with productions and you know I've been to a lot of shows out here and San Antonio all of Central Texas and I feel that I've gotten a grasp on what is really recognized out here and for this being somebody that recognizes artists that are recognized in the chronicle artists artists that are recognized nationally mm-hmm. and that do have merit to their name very talented artists that that deserve it this is a great platform for them to get exposure and people definitely need to recognize that so i think it needs to be i think there's a lot to be said for people that are looking for opportunity to have their name on something that does have legacy and does have a timestamp to it and that's your award show man if we can if we can collab I'm I'm with that. I mean, they just gotta they just they just gotta agree. It's literally that simple. Like I've I've reached out a million times to people. Man, I got to the point where I got tired of reaching out and said it needs to be done. So I just do it myself because people come in. For instance, I had a meeting with a guy. No name, no blame. I'm not even gonna name his company on air. But um, I had a meeting with a guy, and um, he told me he said. Well, I don't mind funding it. I'll, I'll give you X amount. He said, I'll give you whatever you need. He said, I'll give you X amount of dollars. But uh, you can't use the word hip-hop. I said, excuse me? Said, you, you, might ch- you might need to change the name. How's the Austin Music Awards? I said, first of all, there's already an Austin Music Awards. Second of all, I don't cover all genres of music. Third of all, since that's your mentality about it. There's no reason for us to have a meeting because I would for any amount of money, I'm not changing the name. That's disrespectful to hip hop itself. Baby. Yeah, you know what I'm well, saying? Like, do that? I wouldn't even... Because he wanted to integrate these other freaking genres. Get he, the fuck out of here. Whatever it was, and it pissed me, it pissed me completely off <sighs> that he even decided to say some shit like that. I'm like... People want their like, fucking dude, hands I'm in not, the pots, dude. It's like, you're not... I'm not changing the name. First of all, in order for me to change the name to something else, that means I have to completely abandon this name that I actually paid for. And, and the go, fucking recognition that comes along with it. You're, it's synonymous with Von Doom in a way. Like, it's synonymous with you at least. Yeah. You know, it's synonymous with, with, with a lot of the artists and people you're yeah. associated with. You can't just displace it. You can't just disassociate yourself from it. Uh, what I, is this? Uh, Eric, Eric Sattler and um, Joseph Vaughn have both put time in to create uh, either the logo or uh, different items like a podium that is etched in steel, literally. Yeah, no, I've seen them. Yep. For the, the awards themselves? No, 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 no. The, it's a podium. Right, no, I, I'm that just stands labeling about this it. High. Yeah, yeah. And then inside, in the, in the front of it, it's a steel, like it's a, 
an emblem that says Austin Hip Hop Awards that was built out of steel by Joseph Vaughn and his people out on the rig. That alone is enough to not allow me to change the name because people put their time in and donated some shit to me without charging me their regular prices to do that. It'd be a slap in their face. Like, what the fuck? I, I should have got my money and you ain't even gonna never use the shit no more. Yeah. Like, this shit is stupid. It'd be a yeah. slap in their face. Like, it's like clothing artists that, or people merch people just reach out for like merch designs and they mm-hmm. end up sitting on a handful of them and I get it man and you have a little bit of integrity you know I think that's important to note too is that there's in a in a in an industry where integrity is not necessarily one of the high mark expectations you know you got to have a little bit when it comes to something you've created and your your name and your brand you know, and to have someone come in there and put a price on it and try to change it. That's just dirty, dude. That's not, nobody likes that feeling. My manhood is more important to me than anything else for the most part, bro. My integrity as a man is is super important. So it's certain things I won't do for a dollar. And there's there's nothing you can pay me to do for it. Like, there's certain shit I'm just not willing to do. And that's one of them. I'm not finna, I'm, uh, I would never trade a company publicly I would never have a boardroom full of people that could veto me and some shit that I built. Um, as I've told people in the committee, I'm open to all ideas, but I'm, I have the final say so in all of it. And I'll always say that. Why will I always say that? I'll always say that because somebody may always have better ideas than me that will work, and I'm open to listen to them, but don't have... 40 fucking people in the boardroom that equal more of a percentage than a, to a company than me and then they tell me oh well what we're gonna do we're gonna change it from Austin Hip Hop Awards to the Austin Topo Chico Awards and only give out awards for hip hop that's the dumbest idea in the world well we all vote for us to change it to the Austin Topo Chico Awards and there's nothing you can do about it and then there would legally be nothing I could do about it I would never do that. No. Systems, systems, systems. See what I mean? Oh, I get it, dude. No, it's so, the fact. That's facts. That's the fact of life right there is that, yeah, no, there's, no. So if people. You're a wise man, dude. If, if people <laughs> want to come along and they want to help and they want to give ideas, I'm all for that. If we can come up with ways for people to give funding towards it and you can make your funding back, I'm all for that. Let's do it. Let's make or What this about the contributing thing in the world. to the fucking community? How about that? How about contributing to a scene that, that that you're supposedly a part of and you're supposedly contributing to already, you know? And I think that for for something that is as all welcoming as it is and is and is um, unbiased, I think you know. And I, again, I have a little bit of exposure to it, and I can say that everybody came in with completely different artists and completely different ideas in mind. And if if you're really utilizing it and collecting it properly. Mm-hmm. That's why it's working. And uh, so, what's next? I, okay, so that's a quick turnaround for you to have another one coming up at the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. What's up for, for you and your music, Von Doom, and, 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 and making things, actually producing, putting stuff out? What does uh, that future hold? I am currently working on a project um, called Voltron. Uh, well, the group is called Voltron. It's me, T Flasher, and that boy, Super. And uh, we're you said super on, yeah oh, okay we're working on a project as we speak we released a single for that Halle Berry Def- super huh Halle Berry super is that what we're talking about the dude that wrote the Halle Berry song 
He probably, Super? He probably did. I, did he write that? You talking about flat top fade? Super oh, no, 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 not that dude. This dude had dreads for the longest. He just uh, started no. regrowing them, yeah. Okay, no. Um, this is that boy Super. Oh, okay, yeah, okay Super, okay. you ain't shit, a.k.a. Justin Porter. All right. Um, he, uh, or they, uh, we are working on a Full project. Time. We just released a single called uh, Death Wish. It's all on uh, Spotify. I saw that. All that. Yeah. It's on all that. I love the Voltron name too, by the way. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that shit. We came up with that shit. We, we might add two more people to have a full head. I'm the black I'm the black lion. Super the red lion. Uh, Flash of the blue lion. Oh, actually construct the robot. Construct yeah. Voltron. Very cool. Yes, exactly. dude. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Dang, that would be dope. Yeah. Dude, that's mer- that's some merch ideas yeah. written all over, son. What you talking about? This We're going to shut the fuck this up. The, this the hoodie right here. What you mean? Hold on. Let me turn. This the black on black Voltron hoodie right here. See the Voltron? Oh, the what front. is this? Yeah, man. That's the Voltron oh. on the front. Turn it around and you got the George Von Doom logo on the back. And then whatever color line, they've got the the logo in them on the back. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's legit. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. We just need a green and a yellow. So is that, down. okay, so is it safe to say that you're working more group mentality? Is this maybe like a taking an influence from Griselda, taking an influence from the groups that are? So this came up because me and me and Super got a, got a track on uh, my King Doom album, also on all platforms. Uh, it's called a uh, Super Doom, and uh, I hit me and Super was talking like, "Yo, let's put out a joint project." And uh, we said, "All right." So we was working on some songs or whatever. I said, "Hey, man, let's go get fucking T Flasher, man, because he's fucking amazing, and he just not doing music anymore right now. Let's go ahead and." put a battery in his back and say, come on, bro, like, you bullshitting. Get on this music because you're fucking amazing. And I hit him. I said, yo, how about we do this joint project, me, you, and Super? He's like, man, I was thinking about getting back into the music, man. Let's, And the rest is history, man. And then we put that damn song together. And the, the reception that has gotten um, from what people tell me, I can't speak for Excuse me, from for what everybody feels, but what you've heard, yeah, your feedback. What I've gotten. heard, the feedback that I've gotten is, you know, we're an album coming out. So, because of that, we're gonna do a uh, a little EP. You know, even though uh, by SoundScan a fucking LP is anything over seven songs or some shit like that or whatever. Yeah, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. So, I think an eight track. You yeah. hit nine as an album. Eight. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad at calling an eight an EP. Yeah, we, we're going to do about eight songs and then go on and release the, it. The Good Summer release the, 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 from the girl, not, you know, all Kanye's Good Summer. The I, girl yeah. album had eight tracks and it was considered an EP. It was the only one with yeah. eight. You know, I feel yeah. like that's the EP level. It's yeah, fun. we they, they put fun. out a bunch of good music. But. Uh, what's on your radar outside of uh, the awards? Obviously, I mean, that's your main focus, and I understand that. But Dude. within the next year, you, I mean, South by coming by, there's obviously showcases that, that for the entire month of, you know, April going into the summertime, there's there's showcases. Well, uh, I'm fall time. I'm musically, as far as performing, I'm looking to go on tour after South by, but right now. Man, I'm trying to find. Have you toured uh, before? 
I've toured a few times, man. That's how I ended up meeting the people in in Cali to get my music out there. Touring is hella fun. Yeah, no, but I, your bed is more fun. You feel I me? get that. No, no, no. Yeah. And I so as a band, I mean, low, very low level. But I was able to do a tour or two when I was in a band. Yeah. Uh, obviously, just hit like Southern California a week at a time. But it's it's you know that mentality. The minute that you step foot into there, you get you know even if it is just being on the road for a week, you get the idea like oh doing this full time is 200 plus days a year sleeping mm. in a van you know and we're people it's for people it's not for people and i'm not you yeah. know i, I enjoy it it's not for i think people, it's fun yeah. i think it's fun and you know i think it's uh if if anything it's an experience people should have but mm. for the musician touring is you know second yeah. to none when it comes to getting your name yeah. out there and getting the exposure gotcha. especially if you can hop on other showcases or get other artists in there with you Making connections. Yeah, you, you got to, you got to do that. Were you thinking about hitting tour wise? Any any plans, or is that just the the outline right now? Um, as far as I know, um, somebody else is outlining the tour. But as far as I know, I know there's going to be Vegas, uh, some couple of spots in Texas, a couple of spots in Cali. Um, they haven't told me the whole joint yet, but uh, that's 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 my focus. That tour and finding a damn venue for South by and to be an actual South by venue because we got a, a couple of battles coming up because I do also uh, do um, the Culture Battle League and we deal with a lot of battle rappers and all that and we got an event coming up. Well, we got an event coming up in February. It's going to be a Gossip Shack. Shameless plug. No, get it. You so Culture, what is it? Culture Battle League? The, it's The Culture. The, uh, the with an A, Culture with a K. The with an A, culture with a K. Yeah. And it's a battle league? Battle yeah. rap league? Yeah, just search it on YouTube. It's battles all on YouTube right now. We got probably fifteen battles out right now. There you go. Yeah, the culture. The with an A K with a uh, culture, culture with, with a K. K. Yeah. The with an A, culture with a K. Yeah, we got some we, we got some decent you know, we got uh some decent level artists that came through, Chilla Jones, uh Drugs, Blick the Barbarian, um, JDK, uh, shit, man, a few other guys, uh, Mac Da Vinci, a few other guys that came through and did some shit, man. I'm, I'm, I'm all with it, man. I just got to find a venue for that. But other than that, man, I, I take day, things one day at a time. I plan for certain things, but other than that, if you plan for everything, you're gonna miss the spontaneous moments. So. I like it's beautifully said, happen. man. I think that's something that uh, everybody should repeat a couple of times because that's, uh, you know, you can't ever have too much of one thing. That's what this show is all about. It's about that balance. And I think that you've definitely been able to balance uh, being an effective artist, musician, creator, mm. uh, you know, and also been able to balance the the structure that's necessary to be successful in other areas, man. And I respect that a lot. And it's, I think that you're, what you're doing for the community in terms of the award show is very special. And again, I think it should be shouted from, you know, every, every skyscraper, skyscraper that's downtown, you know, with the fucking megaphone, the show needs to pop and, uh, I'm going to be all over it. Whatever you need me to do, whatever I can do to help to get the name out there and spread the word. I'm going to do it. Uh, give us the plugs where they can figure out all the event stuff, where they can find you and your music. Uh, where they can find Voltron stuff, whatever you're involved with, man. What, where, have people get in touch with you? What is it? You'll see me when you see me. Okay, I nah. was talking social media <laughs> plugs. Getting, getting nah, nah, okay, nah. Um, shit, man. I know we're turning into training day over here, Taco. I know, right? Now, nah, um, everything is um, George underscore Von Doom or George Von Doom. George Von Doom on Facebook, 
George underscore Von Doom on uh, Instagram, the real Von Doom on uh, Twitter, which I never use, so it's pointless to even hit me on there. Um, everything else is Austin Hip Hop Awards. AustinHipHopAwards.com, Austin Hip Hop Awards on Facebook, Austin Hip Hop Awards on uh, Instagram. And it's, it's very simple. Um, collabs are welcome. There is a fee. I don't record for free for people anymore. Um, but I'm reasonable. I'm very reasonable. But listen to the music before you call and ask for a verse. Definitely. because So that you know what you're getting yourself into. I don't want you to think because I sound like Charlie Tuna, I rap like I'm from Jurassic 5. I don't. So. Dang, put on notice, all you <laughs> motherfuckers. Uh, hey, I appreciate you coming in, George. It was a phenomenal time. Von Doom is in the house. Voltron, I'm excited for it. Oh, uh, yeah, my bad. I'm tripping. Yeah, and Voltron uh, right now is on all major platforms. The single Death Wish is on all major platforms. George Von Doom on all major platforms. The latest album is King Doom slash kingdom it's gonna be k-i-n-g-d-o apostrophe o apostrophe o-m and spelled like that for a reason up uh, apostrophe parentheses, parentheses. Yeah. god damn i'm tripping it's all good okay, that's <laughs> two hours man and that's why again i'm gonna get you out of here uh appreciate you coming on and i think that uh i think the people heard what they needed to hear and uh everybody's been put on notice for all that this is common chaos uh commonchaos.net for all your needs appreciate you man thank you brother that's a fact that's a fact